hello and welcome to the Knowing God podcast. It is great to have you with us. My name is Chris Kimmons. This is our first ever Knowing God podcast and it is our aim to encourage those who know Father God and invite those who don't. We'll be doing this through one-on-one interviews where we speak to people who have a relationship with God and ask them, what's it like? How did you get into a relationship with Father God? What difference does it make to you in the day-to-day? Well, this is episode one, as we've said, and a very special treat for you. A precious, precious man, Don Temple, he went to be with the Lord last week. He went on the 23rd of June. He knew that he felt he was dying. He was going. He actually felt like he was going on to really live. And I had the absolute privilege of being able to spend various uh, pockets of time with him over the last few years. And particularly just a few days before he died, I went and recorded a podcast with him. So picture Don sat up in bed, me sat at the foot of his bed, a microphone balanced on his bed sheets and another one for me right at the foot of the bed. And I just had the privilege to ask Don some questions. So enjoy. When I came round, when was it, a couple of days ago, I think I came round, you had put a post on Facebook saying, I've got my bags packed and I'm ready to go and see Jesus. What, What does that feel like for you? It's a very strange feeling to realize that God is calling you to, from one dimension to another, for the not for non-Christians it's a, a very big step because it's so unknown. But I, I've known the Lord now since I was eleven years old, and I've got used to the sort of things he's asked asked me to do. And so for me, it's much more of a a simple transition from one reality or less than you know, one reality yeah. to the real the reality which is, of course, eternity. This life is only a few years long. 70, 70, I'm 75. So, you know, uh, it seems a long time, perhaps, to some people. But it's nothing. It's like a fly coming through a window and out the door in your bedroom, and that's your life. But actually, out wow. there, there's a whole world. There's a whole new and wonderful spiritual dimension and I'm convinced you will never ever convince me otherwise that that doesn't exist because I've experienced so many wonderful sorry I'm a bit emotional sorry Uh, I'm a bit breathless (laughs) Um, yeah I mean we've traveled the world with our kids and seen the most amazing God doing the most amazing things and I would encourage every one of you to seek the Lord with all your heart all your mind all your strength and he will meet you and show you great and wondrous things what's that scripture 
What's yeah, it does. I, I don't know. I can't think whether. I think it's a psalm, isn't it? One of the, yeah, or Mike. Great something. and wonderful things you mm. did not know, or yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to get to heaven and and this guy come up to me, a big guy with a beard, and say, "Ah, hello, shake my hand. I'm Haggai, who, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm Habakkuk." <laughs> so, what do you think that moment is going to be like? I mean, you feel it's going to be sort of any time for you. What that moment of leaving your body here and going to be with Jesus? What's Ooh, that? What's that? Yeah, I'm so ex- excited. <laughs> I need a new hip, a new heart, a new kidney, two kidneys. I need a new shoulder. Uh, I need everything. I'm worn out. So this is only a shell. So I'm really looking forward to getting a... I used to play rugby, would you believe it? Look at me, I'm skin and... Skin, oops, skin and bone. Oh, they can't see me, can they? They can't see you. No. Um, a second row forward, and I can't even get up and go to the loo. So uh, <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> and who? what do you think that moment... Do you, is it Jesus that you're most excited about seeing? Or Absolutely. Is it? Absolutely. He's my... I get Sorry, I get all choked up. That's fine. He's been so good to us and our family over the years. He's taken us around the world and he's provided for us day and night all that we've needed. And I would, I would encourage you to taste and see that the Lord is good. And you won't do that by just sitting around. You've got to give him opportunities to prove himself to you. And I'll tell you this, when he does, you will have no more doubts. No more doubts at all. It's real. Absolutely real. I've seen Jesus twice now, I think. He stood in the corner of the room in another house that we lived in. I was even sicker than I am now. And I looked up, I said, Lord, I need you. Looked up and he was standing in the corner. Wow. Of the room, as clear as a bell, just like Chris is sitting in front of me now. And um, he didn't say anything. He just, I just felt this amazing peace come over me. Wow. And then I looked up again and he, he was gone. But God's like that. He comes up in the most unexpected places. And uh, it's wonderful. Oh, wonderful. But he doesn't do it all the time. He, he wants us to live by faith, not by sight. So a lot of it could be, you, you may think, oh, there's no God around. I, I can't see him. I can't feel it. But actually, he's right beside you. And if you can open your heart to let him in and experience him, he will never let you down. So you're saying, Don, about... Um having to live by faith and not by sight. So you can't always rely on the things you can see. Mm. When, can you think of like even just one, there must be many, but one time in your life where you have had to absolutely lean on him and all the evidence, everything you can see seems to be saying one thing, but your faith is saying, no, I know this isn't true. Or I know, can you think of? I can. I'll just one example. God called us when I was, about 30 years old, uh, out to, into missions, and he called us to out to the Far East, and we had nothing. 
we went with two small children and probably three three old bat, battered suitcases. We had no money. Somebody gave us a little room to live in, and we had we we um, my kids. You know, it's the children. Sometimes you think, oh, I don't care if I am hungry, but I don't want them to be hungry. Yeah, yeah. So people, I'll tell you, the Filipinos, I love them to bits. They are the wonderful people. And uh, we lived for a year on red rice, which is the cheapest stuff you can get, and, and wild gravas, guavas. And probably, if we could afford it, a bit of powdered milk. I said to the Lord after a year, I said, God, we must be in the wrong, in the wrong place. We've, we've misheard you. You're not providing for us. And the very day that I got on my knees and I said, God, I'm going home unless you can do something about this. A lady came in with a big meal and, um, gave it to us and um, we were able to and then the local people realised that we weren't just rolling in money as they think with mainly with Americanos they call them and uh, that they all drive big cars and live in big houses which a lot of missionaries do I tell you um, I don't think we even had a car I had to walk down to the market which is about two or three miles with heavy bags. And uh, from then on, suddenly, it was like the floodgates opened. And uh, the Lord sent sent us pe uh, people and money from home. But the local people could not understand what was going on. <laughs> and, uh, you know... <laughs> You've got to realise that it's what what you do rather than what you say that speaks to people of your faith. Oh, that's so good. And it's the greatest adventure. I just want to testify. It is the greatest adventure in this whole universe to serve and love Jesus. And I recommend everyone to taste and see the Lord is good. So, Don, the, the, just changing subject slightly a minute, the Bible. Um, I think maybe these days the Bible isn't seen quite the way it was or perhaps quite the way it should be. Mm. But what is your experience of reading the Bible over the years? I was brought up in the Brethren as a, as a child, the Brethren dimension, uh, de denomination, yeah. uh, where the Bible is actually... <clears throat> almost more important than God himself <laughs> and uh, we were it was drummed into us and you know it's given me a foundation but in my teenage years I realized that that it's not God Jesus the Father and the Bible it's Jesus God or the Father and the Holy Spirit yeah and I discovered the Holy Spirit. I'd been told that he, you don't talk about the Holy Spirit anymore. He, he, that's all past. It's all gone, finished. 
And I was seeing these amazing miracles. I'm thinking, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, it's, uh, and he, uh, you know, it's like God sent people into my life, wonderful men and women of God, whom I'm eternally grateful for. I'm looking forward to meeting them. But they, uh, they had the Holy Spirit in them. And uh, God does provide for you people that you need. There are some wonderful saints out there. I remember once we had a visit from a Canadian pastor in our little house in Ireland, and uh, we were expecting him to come in from the airport. And he next thing is a, do- uh, a knock at the door, and uh, it's Ken. He says, Don, Don, quick, you've got a box of tissues. I, I looked at him. I said, yes, okay. <laughs> ran and got the tissues. He ran out the front door, and there was the taxi driver pouring tears out. Wow. <laughs> Ken Coral is his name. Carol will know him. Uh, Ken was such a man of God. He'd be driving along, taking him somewhere, and he'd have his eyes closed, and he'd be, you could see he was speaking in <laughs> tongues. <laughs> and we lived, he, he, we took him in, and he was in a room upstairs, and you could hear him all night pounding up and down, wow. shouting and, 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 and binding the devil and, you know, what's the word, spiritual warfare. Yeah. yeah. You know, there is a warfare involved here because there's a, there's a creature out there or a, something that doesn't like you. Uh, but, do you know, I've discovered a new thing. I'll just, I'm Used rambling. Go. Sorry. Go. I was reading one of the, one of the um, hymns that we're going to sing up at my funeral, if I have one, I wish they'd just dump me in the ground or in a hedge. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if if there is a funeral, it's my favourite hymn from beginning of time. Jesus, the name high over all. And listen to this. In hell, in earth, in sky. I've never seen that before. Jesus is Lord of hell. Did you realise that? I always thought hell was the, nothing good there at all. But God's bigger than hell. Yeah. Much bigger. So you don't have to worry about any of this nonsense. Well, it's not nonsense. It's, he's real, I tell you. But uh, you don't have to worry about him if you, you're walking close to Jesus because he can't touch you. So it's wonderful what God can do. So, Don, over the years, how, what have you done to stay close to God, to keep walking with him? It seems like over the years you have continually walked knowing God. How have you known? Well, times, times. I've, I've been through times of total doubt. Okay. Uh, when things have gone wrong. Yeah. But the Lord is always faithful. He is. He's our shepherd and he takes us back to himself and gives us a cuddle. Says, right, I'll be with you now. Carry on. I'll be with you. And uh, things happen. Wonderful things. Never forget, we were in Selinge. We were living in Selinge with my wife's parents. Again, Carol will remember this. And there was a girl with leukaemia terminal leukemia who was visiting she was absolutely skin and bone 
and uh, she was expected to die within two weeks. And we were sit. It was Christmas Eve, and we were sitting in the around this old Rayburn thing in the kitchen, trying to keep warm. And her name was Flea. I think it must have been a, you know, a, a nick, nick, nickname. Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely girl, but she couldn't eat. She hadn't eaten for, I think, a month or something. She was literally a skeleton. And God had spoken to her previously and said, 11.53. She didn't know what that was all about. 11.53. So we were sitting around and uh, Len, my father-in-law, my ex-father, he's, he's, I'm going to be meeting him in a day or two's time. He, uh, he, he said, let's have a little prayer. So uh, we, we just prayed and um, we didn't, we, she never told us about this 11.53 thing. Okay. And uh, we, uh, it was nearly midnight and I remember, excuse me, I remember getting up, don't know why, and my father-in-law getting up and we went over to flee and we said, Lord, just bless this lady. Bring her back, Lord, to us and give her a, a new life. And um, we didn't realise until the next morning when she'd eaten a huge breakfast <laughs> that it was 11.53 when we were praying for her. And God healed her instantaneously. Of leukaemia. Of leukaemia. And you know the remission thing? Yeah. The doctors all said, oh, no, 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 you know, this does happen sometimes. But uh, actually, uh, just wait and see. She never went back. She went back to work, plumped out again like a, wow. a good girl should. And uh, I've never forgotten that because I saw God at work personally in somebody's life. So... And was your prayer... Big and clever no, in any way. No, <laughs> I just said, Lord, I can't remember what I said. I said, Lord, this dear saint of yours, just come and come close, Lord, and touch her. And I think probably my father-in-law said the same thing. So wow. I've always remembered that. And you don't forget things like that. No. Don't forget things no. like that. No. I assume over the years you've probably also seen some prayers um not answered and how have you how have you handled that i think you've got to accept that there are times when we get it wrong okay and we don't know the will of god perfectly and we would love him to i mean i'd love to jump out of bed now and dance around the garden but i know i won't be because he's told me he's going to take me in the next day or two so um yeah what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> when you've prayed oh, for no, things no, no, and no. haven't seen the answers that you may be expected, how have you handled that really, I guess? I think you've got to just say with Moses, will not the judge of all the earth do right and trust him that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, He knows you intimately better than you know yourself. He's faithful. He's true. He's wonderful. And uh, 
another th- another thought just crossed my mind. Hold on. Go for it. Um, I remember we were at an extreme in the Philippines out there, on our own really, no other white people around, and uh, we were in, we were out of out of everything, with nothing left. Uh, I sort of said this before, but it was a different different occasion, and uh, um, oh, we were praying for provision. And the Lord said to me, lift your shoe off the ground. I thought, that's a very strange thing to say. (laughs) I lifted my shoe and there was a hundred peso note underneath it. And I picked it up and I said, but Lord, we need a hundred and fifty. He said, look, under the other foot. There was a 50 peso note there. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord! (laughs) You should have asked for 200, Don. (laughs) I should have. (laughs) Thousand. Thousand, yeah. (laughs) I don't want to be melodramatic, but boys, can it be, you know, can it be any better than that, really? I don't care if I starve to death, but if... You know, God has said he would provide. Yeah. And it runs through the generations because Rachel's dad, my wife's dad, Carol's dad, um, was a man of faith. They went out of Pakistan into the heart of Taliban um, country on the northwest frontier. And a very dangerous place to be. All the men had bandoliers of, and, and homemade rifles and things. And they lived there with, for maybe, Carol would know, five or six years under God's protection. And there were missionaries being murdered around them. And, and Len, Rachel's dad, never once doubted that God's protection was over them. And... Uh, he he wasn't a medical man. He he was actually an RAF pilot in India during the war. But he um he was called Holy Joe because he prayed every day and they all <laughs> laughed at him. But you know, that man had more than almost more of an influence on my life than anyone else. It was through him, down in the south of France, that I I gave my life to the Lord. Not not the first time, I'll tell you this. I was 11 years old when I... You, I could show you my old Bible, full of notes and underlinings. But I'd strayed away from him during my... Uh, you know the temptations are there. Mm. They're real. Mm. Um, during my teenage years. And at the age of 21, uh, I was talking with a dear saint of God from Richmond, Rich, Richmond in London, part of the uh, big fellowship there, what's it called? Halford House. And uh, I said, Ken, I'm struggling. I said, I don't want to give my life back to God because I'm scared of what he's going to ask me to do. So he said, Don, God will never, ever let you down. 
if he gives you something to do, he'll provide what you need to do it. And I remember weeping all through the night. Wow. And um, I just didn't sleep a wink that night. I just was under such conviction, such such a, you know, sorrowful, you know, the feeling, you know, that I'd let him down. Yeah. I was doubting yeah. him. Yeah. But I didn't know him really. And, and it really started about that sort of age. And... Um, yeah, he's never let me down. Never let any of us down. And all my kids, I'm so thankful. I've got 11 grandkids, all love the Lord. I've got four wonderful girls who all love the Lord. And I don't take a an ounce of credit for it <laughs> because it's all by grace. Everything's by grace. Yeah. yeah. Everything we receive, everything God does. I, I was talking to one of my renal nurses, a Filipino, Lovely guy. Uh, on my last dialysis on Monday yesterday. Is today Tuesday? It is. Monday. His name is Christian. I said, Christian, are you a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You brought up a Catholic? Yeah. I said, uh, are you looking forward to heaven? Oh, yes, he said. I I've lived a good life. He said, uh, I I've helped people. And he is a very sympathetic guy. And... Um, <clears throat> I said, Christian, because we, we, we often have a chat. <laughs> I said, Christian, it's not good, not good enough. We can never reach God's standards on our own. And he looked at me and he said, well, what do you mean? I said, it's only by the grace of God that we exist and that we can know him. Yeah. And Christian goes, wow, I never thought of that before. <laughs> and, uh, there, you know... God gives you these opportunities to... I've been praying for quite a few weeks or even months for these guys. They're wonderful, the nurses, the doctors. There's a lovely Christian lady from Brazil whom I've prayed with, one of the nurses. Wow. And um, I told her to listen to George Beverly Shea singing The Old Rugged Cross. Does anybody <laughs> know The Old Rugged Cross? Oh, <laughs> I, it brings tears to my eyes. Look up on YouTube, George Beverly Shea, The Old Rugged Cross. And he's got the most marvellous singing voice that you've ever heard. So please do that when you go home, if you can, if you can, if you have the time. And he sings lots of other songs, of course, as well. So um, wow. I remember having a little record, you know, a little round black 78, no, not 78. What yeah, they? it could have been 45. 45, 45 singles, yeah. as a child. <laughs> uh, with him singing, uh, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. Yeah. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have, have Jesus than anything yeah, than to rule this vast domain. Oh, and there's another one he sings. His favourite is, well, it's the old rugged cross, of course. And um, the garden of, wonderful garden of prayer. Um, anyway, do, do, please do that. You'll be blessed. <laughs> I'm sure. So is there anything, Don, that you would have loved to have seen in your time here on earth that you haven't seen? Oh, many things. Many, many, many things. 
because of unbelief, certain things God cannot do because he uses us. And if we're not willing to be used, then he can't do them. I'm, I, I'm not a Calvinist by any means, but there is an element of truth there that, uh, sorry, that's the other way around, isn't it? No, I believe okay. that God does use us and there are certain things he cannot do unless people are praying and interceding. So if you've got a friend or a relative who doesn't know Jesus, please keep on praying for them. And uh, God will do the unexpected. If, um, if any of you have heard of George Muller, famous guy from the... Uh, he was in Bristol... Miller, Muller of Bristol yes. back in the last century. Yes. And he was a man of prayer. Yes, he was. And he had a friend that God laid on his heart to pray for. This guy was an alcoholic and in a desperate state. He prayed year on year for this guy. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And... As Muller was dying, if I, if I remember this correctly, he was an old man. Somebody rushed in and said, "Hey, you know you've been praying for this guy all these time, all these years. He's out on the streets singing. He's been in church. He's come back. He's given up his alcohol. He's given up all that rubbish, <laughs> and he's substituted it for something much better. So God is listening and waiting for each one of us." to just you know have have the faith we live by i said at the beginning we yeah. live by faith not, by, not sight. by sight don't worry if you don't see anything god's got it in his hand he knows what he's doing um so yeah amen so our time's nearly up but um the how do you think you will know when it's time for you to... I don't really want to use the word die, not because I'm afraid to use the word die, but it isn't. It doesn't feel like you're dying. It feels like you're just... No, leaving. I'm going to life. <laughs> you're going to fall to life. I mean, full that's on. Right. So how do, you, how do you think you're going to know when that moment is? Now, that's a big question. I, I really don't. And I, I've, I've thought... I've, I've known, you know, God gave me a date uh, in October. But I <clears throat> I think I got it wrong. Um, I can't make myself die unless I slit my throat or something. Um, so I'm trusting him. Trusting him to, that his time, my times are in his hand. Yes. And th this evening's Daily Light says... He died for all. Greater love hath no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Therefore, always, uh, sorry, he always lives to intercede for them. And then the next verse is, I am going to prepare a place for you. Wow. That really chokes me up. God bless you all. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, Don, I was um, praying for you on my way over here. And um, I don't know why I asked, but I said to God, 
when when is Don actually going? Tell me. <laughs> and I felt God say, his car's been ordered. You know when you order someone a cab sort of thing? And I felt God say, his car's been ordered. And I'm not, of course, you aren't literally picked up in a car. And mm. well, who knows? That's you might a, be picked up in a car and taken up to heaven in a car. That would be amazing. <laughs> but it's like, it's as if God's saying, I, I've I've got this in hand. His car's Amen. ordered. I'm, Amen. I'm, I've got it all under control. doesn't bother me. The only thing that does bother me is that I might have said this prematurely, but I do believe it's in the next few days. I, last night I was so struggling for breath. I thought, this is, it, this is it, Lord, take me now. And I've said that many times. And, I you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the transition. It's going to be from death to life. Yeah. And I'm going to be in Jesus' arms. Yeah. <laughs> the one I love. I love him to bits because all he's done for me. And the world, let's not forget the world. There's a whole world out there, guys, need to hear about Jesus. So uh, God bless you all. Yeah. Don, would you mind just finishing by just praying for us? Would you mind just praying for us? That'd be amazing. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, Lord, we love you. We say, God, you are faithful and true. And I present to you, Lord, for what it's worth. My dear brothers and sisters in uh, Vineyard, I'm sorry I haven't seen them for a long time because I, I just have been too ill. And um, Lord, meet them now. Meet them, Lord. May their hearts be strangely warmed yes. by your presence. Yes. God. And, uh, oh God, draw close. Thank you. There's a scripture that says, if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you. So if you don't feel his presence, it doesn't matter. Just trust him. Get close. Read the Bible. Pray. And he will meet you and do wondrous things in your life. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Bless everyone, Lord. All my friends I haven't seen for a while. But we'll be seeing each other again. <laughs> hey! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> well, Don, honestly, it has been such um, a pleasure to particularly just to spend this time with you. And I, I know I've got to know you a little bit over the years. And honestly, that really appreciate just, you, Chris. Oh, and, and the, you, Don. And the girls. And, and your whole wonderful family um, who I know they all know Jesus. They want to carry on walking with him. Um but um, I think there'll be many people who will shed a tear when you go, but will also let off a party popper at the same time. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one last piece of advice. Never, ever think that you can get close to God by yourself. God wants you to look to him and, and find your strength and your courage and your fulfillment entirely in him. And I said to my grandkids the other day, nothing else matters. Nothing compared to knowing Jesus. Mm. So please, I'd love to see some of you, all of you in heaven, 
when I'm there, I'll welcome you at the gates and get your mansion ready. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a precious time spent with Don. I would love to pray for us all right now. Father God, we have heard of the relationship that Don had with you and it's exciting. And I pray, Father, for those people who already know you, that they will be invited into even more of knowing you and seeing what's possible and how life-giving and fulfilling that relationship can be. And maybe, Father, there are some people listening who have never stepped into a relationship with you. They may even be thinking, well, I, I don't even know how to do that. But you can pray right now and just say, Father God, I've heard about you. I want to know you more. I want to start a relationship with you. I want to step into an adventure of knowing you for the rest of my life. Amen. So if that's you, if you've just prayed that for the first time, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can just email, in fact, email me, chris at ashfordvineyard.org. We would love to hear from you, offer you some support. We'd love to have a chat with you, pray further with you. But until next time on Knowing God, thanks for joining us and we'll see you again soon.